0: Yeah, I'm, I'm enamored with story. You're listening to What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit, conversations on preaching and authenticity. And because I think, and this wasn't any fault of anybody, really, but growing up, for me, the Bible and Christianity was just a collection of random stories, right? Right. That
1: taught different things. You learned in Sunday school. Which is
0: true, but also I never got until later in college and then seminary, especially, the overall arching story of the whole Bible.
1: Oh, great. And how question. things
0: connect and everything. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. We should all know this what? overarching story because it makes everything make so much more sense in my mind
1: Don here this is episode 4 of What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit uh, concluding our conversations around preaching itself the formation of a sermon and today uh, some varied opinions on what goes into the preaching event uh, what goes into the content And we talked about this a month ago or so following one of your sermons actually mm-hmm. that to me was alien language that was no i don't buy into the overarching story that you're describing this right. is alien to how i grew up totally alien to my liberal uh, seminary training uh-huh. i get it but i'm almost more interested in uh, what would the smaller stories be or or uh, what's the agenda behind the supposed overarching story
0: Right.
1: Uh, that quickly gets you into politics and race. Yeah. And what are we really using this text for? Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, we hadn't intended to get here, but welcome to a very brief course on hermeneutics, the philosophy behind reading and understanding texts.
0: The text and interpretation of texts can't be void of any kind of cultural e- context, e- right? Exactly. Or politics. Um, like the interpretations of scripture, let's say by St. Augustine way back in the day. There we go. That is, he is reading that with his lens of, of course, his context and his cultural context of where he was living. Uh, and we're doing the same now. And so when people think there's one correct interpretation. The meta-narrative. Yeah, it's like, nah, yeah. I think there is an overall arching theme of what God's trying to do. You know, it does change with culture mm-hmm. in, in certain ways. And I don't think that's bad or wrong. I think that's actually what we talk about when the word, the living word, that it lives right. and breathes and, yep. and continues to change and speak to us in different ways in different cultures. If anybody's ever done any traveling around the world, you know that there's different words that mean different things. That The best example I give to especially youth group is um, the word gay. I said, let's go back 150 years. If you said "gay," if somebody said "gay" in a sentence, what would it mean? And <laughs> it would mean happy, good right? Word. And now you say "gay," and it's a totally different meaning. And so that's the that's the hard part of scripture is mm. interpreting right. and context and everything to try and figure out really what was it talking about because we can interpret something that said something 2,000 years ago and say, this is what it means with our cultural lens, but we have to go back there and say, what was that really talking
1: about there? Whole sermon right here with the phoniness of our constitutional quote-unquote originalists Uh and the dishonesty of their approach to the Constitution. I feel the same way about fundamentalists and the Bible.
0: I I really do think there's a correlation there. Um, What I found in my life, when people read the Bible, literally, fundamentally. uh, They also do that with everything else in their Mm. life.
1: Um, That is the answer they're looking for, the certain black and white security. Yeah. A simpler approach. Because the other option, the living document, is a big dang problem. Yeah.
0: We just started... um, Because you can't control it.
1: You can't control it, and it's inconsistent. leads to a pluralism that is upsetting to many, all of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, we just start singing, thy word is a lamp, but just as a way of uh, recognizing we try to come together spiritually, even as we're hearing these old stories that maybe we have heard a hundred times before, or maybe they're new, yeah. but one of my interests in that prayer of elimination is the recognition. This is not a one-on-one correlation between what I'm reading now or what the liturgist is reading now mm-hmm. and what's following. We're already in the holy ground of saying, help me understand this, God. Yeah. Help me be a little bit humble.
0: Yeah. Well, and When I've had uh, people from different congregations I worked with come up to me and say, you know, I read that that piece of scripture that we had for your sermon this morning, but today you gave a whole different light to it. And then and yeah. sometimes they'll come to you and be like, I read this and I got something else out of it. I'm like,
1: yes, Isn't that's that what great, it's about. Beautiful. Like, hey, let's talk about that for a minute. We want uh-huh. to talk about the feedback we get from preaching,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is uh, which is strange. Yeah. And difficult, and I just I uh, I don't know. We've we've joked about this before. When I'm at the back of the sanctuary, doing my trying to be as extroverted as I can, and greeting people, um, it's warm, it's fun, and then people choose sometimes to give you a little feedback mm-hmm. on the sermon. Yep. Uh, my problem is I often don't recognize what they're saying.
0: Right. Yeah. Y- well, because it tends to be general because it's not a one-on-one meeting. They're kind of passing by. So and it's there's either... someone
1: behind them who wants to tell me something, too. It's quick.
0: Yep. So it's either like, best sermon I ever heard, <laughs> or it's like, uh, misfire, pastor. And uh, <laughs> but
1: Actually, I'd never get the latter. That happens yes. later, or it happens behind our backs. Yes. Someone's going to complain to someone else and say, that was the worst sermon I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, that's how churches um, work. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> how
1: community works. Exactly. I wish, well, I guess what I, what I, what I would what I'd hope for, and I get this sometimes, a little more specificity. Pastor, uh, because I sometimes tease them, oh, I really liked your sermon. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll joke and say, I don't know what you mean by that. Or, or I don't know what that leads. I, I love, I really like that sermon, and I like the part where you made this connection between these two things. Yeah. And that's all I'm looking for, really. Some appreciation, mm-hmm. some resonance. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: because otherwise I wonder, oh, do you imagine that my... Target preaching is to make you feel good, is to make uh-huh. you feel secure, or that you liked yeah. what I've done. I mean, there's a piece of that. Right. These are real people. These are friends and loved ones. We are appealing to them. Uh-huh. I want that to be an enjoyable 15, 20 minutes. But back to the whole afflicting the comfortable comforting yep. the afflicted, all that kind of stuff. There's yeah. a prophetic edge that I look for. And frankly, uh, my bias is I miss it way too often as I look on YouTube, as I look at of our own brothers and sisters in the pulpits these days I uh, listen and I think wow mm-hmm. that required nothing of the congregation mm-hmm. uh, I know this person well the preacher and the, uh, it didn't require anything of them other than reiterating what they have affirmed maybe 10 or 30 years ago
0: mm-hmm.
1: what are we doing
0: what I would say to that my my response or pushback I guess is people need things repeated?
1: Is there a redundancy S- that's built in? Yes,
0: because yeah. there's so many times where I feel like when I'm giving a sermon, I've talked about this before. I've, <laughs> We're I've back done on this, this many times. I know, uh, but people hear it differently each time. There's a story uh, of a, a woman in our congregation who talked to me and told me, "I've been going to this church for years, and Russ had always said." Uh, There's nothing you could do to make God love you any more or any Isn't less. Sweet. And she said, he, "For years I've been going here, and one day it finally <laughs>
1: it hit, hit me. me. Yeah. Oh gosh.
0: And and I just remember yeah. that, and I remember that about preaching, and when uh-huh. I feel bad about maybe preaching the same topic or, or message, but then I'm like, no, people need to need to hear that. We're we're creatures that need repetition, otherwise mm-hmm. we forget and we get selfish and think about our own self. Uh, and in my mind church is one way to remind people that it's not just about them that there's something bigger going on and
1: well, to get to be a part of it and you know? we're asking them to pay attention for a 15 mm-hmm. or 20 minutes is a different thing to put yourself submissively listening in yeah
0: the other thing for me is what i found i grew up in what i would describe religiously as a uh, very fundamentalist literal way Mm -hmm. and what happens in those settings is grace and love go missing Hmm. and in my mind and this is because it's from my perspective and it's what happened to me but like really love is the thing that changes people's hearts more than anything Um, and sometimes it takes a long time for that love to break through maybe that stone case around the heart and uh, and I think in my my method, my style, uh, you get to that very, very gently because it's kind of like a, I don't know, I don't want
1: to. <laughs> don't worry, we can edit this yeah, out for later, Jordan. Okay, I'll, so. I'll make you, you sound can, good. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: this is just an illustration in my head, uh, but I think of like a scared dog that gets cornered, right? Wow. Wow. And barking, maybe even snapping. Yep. And to get them to calm down, you're not just yeah. grabbing at them, yelling at them. Calm down, right, you. Right. It's more of, yeah. continue to be gentle and show them that's safe, right? <laughs> uh, and and I'm not equating people in a church to you dogs. Already that's not, you already did. You already did. We're already there. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. I'm just, that's the image I always uh-huh. have in my uh-huh. head. And I have that for myself, too. I can't, um, if people have, Things they feel strongly about that I disagree with and they, they keep pounding
1: me with sure, it. Sure, the, yelling the reactivity it. happens immediately. Right, you and I'm like
0: that, I, I have no time for this The I don't reptilian
1: wanna. brain, how quickly we decide within seconds or less yeah. of am I safe here, am I being received here, or is this in fact an enemy across from me and I've already got the chemicals flowing yeah. um, you're done, you're done for the next 10 minutes, because yeah. uh, your body won't calm down yeah. if you've been and I think made we, defensive.
0: I think we live through that reptilian brain more and more now uh, because of technology, media, because of everything available at our fingertips, yeah. so th- that's going off and saying there's danger mm-hmm. all around mm-hmm. you uh, because we're more aware, have more information of everything going, more on more
1: polarized, all yeah. that. Yeah.
0: So we live in that reptilian brain a lot more of, and some, and most of the time we don't know it. You're listening to What We're Afraid to Say from the pulpit.
1: How long do you preach? What's the, how long is a sermon? <sighs> I <laughs> struggle. I,
0: I really like 15 minutes, but I can never do 15 minutes. Um, when I go back on Sundays, I think, oh, this is about 15 minutes.
1: It's been 23. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, cut the audio for the podcast. I'm, I'm like,
0: 25 minutes? What am I doing? People are bored out of
1: their minds. <laughs> I, I broke my previous church, Genesis, because... Initially it was 50 minutes for worship service, then it was an hour, and then I added in conversational about the preaching, uh, give and take. Wonderful, and that put us an hour and 15, and no one ever complained. So that gave me a huge range mm-hmm. of, give me a, a communion Sunday when there's other music, whatever, and I'm preaching for 12 minutes, no one says a word, other than what they might say. Loved it, right. didn't like it, da-da-da. And similarly, no, we're doing this, like, we're doing this today, and I'm up front for 25 minutes, and the literally just had a three-minute Scripture lesson, but we had two lessons. I mean, I've I pushed them either way. They were very flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I'm surprised New Hope feels pretty flexible, given its size and given the streaming. Yeah. I don't hear a clock ticking terribly loud in my mind.
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, in the past, even, communion Sundays usually go long. It sure really so. goes about an hour and 20 minutes sometimes. Uh, so I think, that, I think that's the threshold. Mm-hmm. I think once you get past that, sure. people will start feeling anxious
1: I know that um mainly I again what I would want to hear or see in terms of slides some kind of visual representation some humor I try to break it up it has to do with flow and how long you've been on a particular topic Mm -hmm. so the shape gets strange or the number of slides might be five slides for the sermon or twenty-five, mm-hmm. like moving at a different pace. Just depends what the topic is. Yeah, illustrations, illustrations. I know I was in uh, in our Presbyterian Church in Seattle area. It was very um, standard. We knew exactly how long the sermon was going to be, probably twenty minutes, seventeen or eighteen minutes, and then it's and uh, it was always the same thing. Opening with a little humorous story. Mm-hmm. Um, even as a high schooler, yep. I got thinking, wow, here we go again. What, what is uh-huh. it this week? Did this even happen, or is it just, I mean, and here's the secret, what we're afraid to say. We get crap across our desks and an email of, here's a book of sermon illustrations.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: But I think that goes back to people respond to story. It's, they
1: want something.
0: They—if they, they could put themselves as the main character in the story— they can pick up on uh, the point of the message quicker. Than Invites the, us in somehow. Yeah, yeah. To feel it. Yeah. And that's eventually where I got, where I kind of fell in love with Jesus all over again was, oh, this is God
1: human. Right.
0: And sometimes that human part gets left out mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. We try to just make him wholly divine, this person just kind of floating around. Uh, doing miraculous things. But when you put on the human part of Jesus, you can connect better.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Jordan and I finish our conversation about preaching with uh, what might be next. Does preaching have a future? If our attention span's getting shorter and shorter... TED talks are 11 or 12 minutes, and we don't have we don't have that kind of expertise or the kind of luxury of time mm-hmm. to take one talk, one sermon, and hone it for weeks and months and right. make it a 12-minute diamond. Uh, we got this coming every week. <laughs> what an archaic, strange, wonderful, unique, different mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, does preaching have a future? Well, there's some some people, some pastors
0: that argue. Uh, we need to decentralize the sermon for worship Mm -hmm. because really our worship is built around the sermon. Right. Uh, And they're like, some people think, no, that should just be another part of it, not the focal point.
1: Yeah, what Um, would the focal point be then? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, granted, we can make it and preach on it when it's communion or baptism. Is the focal point going to be the anthem? Mm -hmm. The three-minute anthem? That's going to be the focal point? Yeah.
0: We, yeah, t- I don't we know. try to tie
1: those things together in worship planning and follow mm-hmm. some kind of plan of the liturgical year, some themes through the life of faith and scripture. But yeah, it does carry a lot of weight. I think, and this is maybe just
0: more my personal preference of where I think it should go sermons. Um, but there will always be sermons in worship, I think as long as we have this. And it gets put into digital form so people can listen to it without all the other pieces of worship. Right, right. Uh, But for me, if we want to be relevant again, we're going to have to do something like... Uh, I've been extremely moved by a couple of different comedy specials. <laughs> because they're they're not just purely stand-up, right. but it's like a one-person show storytelling.
1: They are shaping the audience as they go. There's callbacks, you realize, uh-huh. wow, that was brilliant.
0: Yep, and then once they get to the end, all of a sudden it hits you like a ton of bricks like yes. the whole message yeah. of that. Uh-huh. And I'm really interested in that. I really want to be able to hone that skill. Um I think it's beautiful. It's a way to really draw people in and hit them with a good message. Don't haven't figured out how to do it yet, especially in a church context. Real
1: artistry to that, yeah.
0: And that's one of those things, like you said, they get to spend months, maybe years working on that thing. Whereas we have five days, (laughs) (laughs) so um, but in
1: the public square, Mm -hmm. I think that's where Mm -hmm. it should go. Oh, I'd love to see that. I do, I guess, I do want to say maybe in closing. I really appreciate how much work it is to listen to a sermon. Mm-hmm. I'm aware, because I'm a little ADHD from being in classrooms or from watching on video or being in church now and then when I, you know, when I'm not up front, how much work it is. How often I drift away and the discipline of calling myself back happens right. dozens of times, even with a really good preacher. That yep. I'm thinking, why am I thinking about that? I should give him another chance. That happens all the time. Yeah. I'm checking out. Yep. I'm paying attention to the worrying about the miking on the piano because I don't think that mic was on underneath and that's why it sounded so bad for me when I was playing. No, yeah. listen, this is the moment. It, yeah. It's a discipline. It is. I, and I want to say a shout out to my friends throughout the years. I know you're paying attention. Some of you are working and I don't care if it's artificial. You are looking at me. You're nodding, maybe even smiling a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can pick the one out of 50 who are working hard to listen like that and give a message back to me, oh, makes it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming up on the next episodes of What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit, why worship? Why do we do what we're doing? Are we worshiping? What, keep up the good work? Yeah. We appreciate feedback, even though we're fussy about how we get it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it takes takes us a while to figure out how to implement that
1: feedback, too. Oh, oh absolutely. You know? yeah. it,
0: me, more, me, it takes like double the amount of time as you because it's once a month. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it's a good point. It takes work to listen to them, too.
1: My, my brother, who's now in hospice chaplaincy, but he and I, uh, <laughs> I guess he's, Norm said it first. He said, are you kidding, Don? Uh, the reason we're both preachers is we couldn't bear sitting in the pews any longer. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a sense of how boring it can be in church. Yes. How passive it is. Not some of our fault. We need right, humor right. and questions and different graphics and an opportunity for dialogue. We've talked about that before. Yep. Is preaching really a dialogue? Are we doing everything we can? We want to engage you. Yeah. We're trying or and they, try them.
0: and then people are bringing in whatever they have in their lives when they walk through those doors absolutely and, you know maybe that day they're like I I really don't want to be here I don't know why I'm here
1: I'm here because I dragged my kids here yeah or my spouse and made that, me come
0: that takes extra work that day to listen you know or, or you don't and that's okay too um, yes it, and for some of you who are maybe taking a nap uh, we do see you uh <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know what? You, we, especially I, I, I always remind myself. You know what? Maybe they had a long night. Maybe they had a, Maybe a
1: long night, and and they're still somehow in the moment in this holy space that we all set aside. Yes. There's something going on. I always, I always know that in fact I'm interrupting an ongoing dialogue between you and God. That uh-huh. was going on long before you walked in this morning. is going to go on long after you mm-hmm. shake my hand at the back. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. It's a real privilege to be just insert something in
0: there. Yeah. Well, and if we really believe in this stuff, we have to believe that the Spirit's working in people no matter what. Uh, they're getting something that God's working in their hearts somehow. Uh, or or I'm just boring that day. That <laughs> happens. That happens too. Uh-huh.